It doesn't matter the service. It doesn't matter your rank. Um, everybody has the same challenge. You're not just an infantry soldier. Like you're a leader, we have to figure out what are the skills gaps that you're not translating that industry understands. Getting a job isn't a challenge. Getting the job is a challenge. So we're talking about transferable skills to put it in the vernacular. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, helping companies manage vets. Absolutely. So are you vet ready or are you vet prepared, right? So do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. We are very lucky to have an extremely interesting, fascinating, experienced guy with us today. Eric Horton has over 20 years of military experience and an over 85% success rate at coaching military uh, veterans and people with military experience to transfer their skills from their military training to perform as leaders in a variety of industries you know, about 10% of whom were in the logistics and supply chain industry and uh, centered around Nashville. Eric Horton is with us. Thanks for being here, Eric. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man. And you're doing some good things. So thank you for, for recognizing what I was trying to do as well. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the acknowledgement. So um, before I ask you to fill in any blanks about your background, what's the main thing? If people listen to this, they stick around to listen to the remainder of this podcast, what is the main thing we're going to focus on that you think will impart a unique piece of knowledge for people in going through a career transition or enhancing their leadership? So I think the main thing for me is that, that it doesn't matter the service. It doesn't matter your rank. Um, everybody has the same challenge. And the biggest challenge that I've seen the past three years is the inability to translate exactly what you've done to value that a customer or an industry can recognize that for. And so I usually say things like you're not just an infantry soldier, like you're a leader. We have to figure out what are the skills gaps that you're not translating that industry understands. Uh, and that's kind of the one takeaway that I've really learned. That's kind of kind of uh, the, the, when you boil it all down, that's kind of the secret for the success of it is just how to translate for them into a different language. Great. And so that this is relevant. I want this to be relevant, not only to people coming out of the military, but people coming out of any industry looking to to change, they're looking to get out of the industry they're in, they've had enough of it for whatever reason, or they have interests in other, you know, like they've always wanted to be in some other industry. So we're talking about transferable skills to put it in the vernacular. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. So talk a little bit about your background and your experience with helping people transfer these military skills and any transferable skills into new roles. Absolutely. So I did 26 years, seven months and 29 days in the U.S. Army as a logistician. Uh, in, in various different levels of roles and responsibilities. And uh, it was easy to get into a job and it was easy because I'd already started preparing for transition and talking about how to close those skills gaps and how to translate it. And so, but nobody talked about what happened when I actually got the job in a corporate setting. What does that look like? Um, and that was where things kind of, for me, started to unravel a little bit. And I've tried to make it a passion and a purpose to say, um, be careful what you ask for. You know, getting the job isn't the challenge. It's getting, getting a job isn't the challenge. Getting the job is the challenge. And how well do you understand what you're really getting yourself into when you leave the military service? 
Uh, and that was where I tried to really figure out like, man, what did I do wrong when I took the first job out of the military? And I wasn't a statistic because I didn't quit in three months or four months like most of them do. I lasted about 14 months, but that 14 months was traumatic enough to where I've said, how, did I, how could I have done it differently? What could the company have done differently? And how do I share that knowledge across everywhere? Uh, possibly because it's the same thing. You know, it could be a school teacher that changes careers and wants to all of a sudden become a nurse. Well, they're different backgrounds. And so it doesn't matter what from one industry to the next, you're going to have some challenges when you get to that new industry. And so, and it's, it's not unique to the individual. It's just, you know, it's just the way that this, this process plays out. So, yeah. So our listeners are more likely going to be in the upper ranks, if I may accurately or inaccurately use that term. Forgive me if it's inaccurate. Uh, we're talking about leaders and managers in corporations uh, and, um, and also small and middle market businesses. Um, so sort of executive management, executive leadership. Um, let's keep our focus on that and talk to me about um, what you have found in working with uh, uh, people coming out of the military and how you've translated that leadership. So it's, it's actually, it's really, a, it's kind of a buzzword right now, right? So leadership is in every kind of degree certification pathway. Um, almost every senior leader that does their 20 years in the military, they all kind of have the understanding that they're an executive leader and they're willing to be able to leave the military and go and become an executive leader in a corporate or C-suite executive. And it really isn't the case. Um, a lot of times it's a huge understanding gap of what does it mean to be an executive Right. And, and having cultural buy in. And so the, some of those soft skills in an executive C-suite level is something that we're kind of missing a lot of times in the in the military, even though you might have been uh, you know, kind of a quote unquote leader in an executive role by definition in the civilian corporations. It's a lot different. Right. There's words like buy in. Uh, things like that that we just don't quite understand. And that's what I've really done a good job of trying to explain to, to the military, you know, as senior leaders, as they get out, this is what corporate culture looks like. And that's just from being able to talk to corporate leaders in these areas and see what, what was the challenges when you hired the last executive? Uh, where was his shortcomings? What happened? And they usually generally all say the same thing. It's you're leading in the military because the law says you lead by your rank, Right. In the executive arena, it's generally around cultural buy-in uh, and things like that nature that you have to actually get a consensus to buy into it, any change. Yeah, it's um, almost so. 180 degree different. You know, to forget at the risk of being cliche, a leader in corporate America can't just say, "Drop and give me 20." It's Absolutely. not command and control anymore as it is in the military. Is that accurate? Where it's command and control in the military, it's now. Um, uh, workers are demanding more of a servant leadership. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you helping people make that transition? So that's normally a very, very candid and upfront conversation, right? I got it that you were a SAR major before, um, but this is what civilians understand a SAR major is, right? They're getting all their understanding from what multimedia and movies present to them. Yeah. And, and while it looks you know, great in theory, um, their misunderstanding of what you can do is, is huge. And so we really have a, a really raw, unfiltered, candid conversation about leave that at the door, right? Your rank and your position, your authority, your positional authority, leave that at the door because it's going to change. 
And, and in the civilian sector, they're quickly going to tell you off in a heartbeat um, if you don't get their kind of respect in a different manner, right? You have to really earn respect versus lead from demanding respect. So, Right. And what are the top three ways you coach them to, to do that? Yeah. So the first thing is really that I sit down and talk with them about, okay, have we done the homework on what the company does, right? What does that organization do as a whole and how are they doing it? And then if it's in a fortune 500 or below, it's easy to go see what is the company's direction and where are they going to by reading their quarterly reports, right? And so looking at their guides and what they hope to make. And then it's easy to use in social media like LinkedIn and things like that to go see what is the employees of that company think that they're doing right or wrong. Um, and so once you start trying to really unpack and research what that company is, then you start seeing um, as we build up their confidence of now I really understand the company. Now I really understand some of my challenges as an individual. Um, and now I can start seeing how can I fit into that. And so it's kind of like a three-step process where I'm teaching them to be comfortable with having one training wheel on a bike before I really take the training wheel off and say, all right, now you have a full grasp and understanding of what the company is about. Now we do a deep dive on how are you going to bring value to that company by what your skill set is. And so after you water it all down in those three processes that I do, um, it really is a pretty successful, easier transition than just leaving the military one day, looking for a job, trying to network for the job, getting placed in the job, and then washing out in about four months. Um, so we usually do a lot of good prepping for about three or four months beforehand, um, personally as well as professionally, to understand what is the industry, are you even a good fit for them? Gotcha, gotcha. All right, really, really clear, good. Uh, what would you say, I like to ask my guests, what's the dumbest thing you've seen smart people do? Transition. So, yeah, so I have a saying that, I, that I've, I've kind of loved and I've, I've stuck by uh, for a while, right? It says, we have become far too educated for our level of obedience, right? <laughs> and so you can have the most education on our circumstances, but that only brings in a lot of different human traits, you know, like cockiness and ego and everything else. And if you become that educated where you think you're now a subject matter expert, you're going to discount and discredit something that could be so basic that somebody at the bottom picks up that you don't. And so you've become essentially too, and too educated to where you're going to miss something that's so basic. And so it's always keeping that in the back of your mind. And so for me, that's, that was a big one, right? Like, and, and it kind of came from self-reflection too. I thought I knew everything about supply chain and logistics and, and stuff, but as something so basic as I had to get buy-in from a forklift driver uh, could literally set that thing off. And so I was like, wow. Uh, and, it, and it having a good mentor that talked to me about that about four years ago. Uh, he said, don't become too uneducated where you're disconnected from the realities that the guy at the forklift is going to derail your whole operation. Uh, so that's the dumbest thing that I've seen people do is, and it, it's pretty consistent. A lot of people do it. Got it. Got it. So we really do have to always be listening and learning. Absolutely. Um, as smart as we might get, we always want to keep that learning mindset. It's really great. Uh, as we were thinking about having this uh, conversation, was there anything else you wanted to share? Anything else you wanted to impart? Yeah, so for me, I think one of the biggest things is I've been passionate about trying to help educate senior leaders into corporate roles. Um, now I kind of want to add to that and say I'd like to start educating industry 
on how to be not just vet ready, like we're a vet friendly hiring employer, but what are you getting when you really get them? So are, you know, helping educate them as much and now it seems to be a, a responsibility I feel obliged to help them understand what it means. Um, because I think if they better helping understand companies, the Yeah, helping companies manage vets. Absolutely. So are you vet ready or are you vet prepared? Right. So a lot of times they just they want to hire a veteran and they want to do the right thing. But then when they get them and they've placed them in the wrong role because they didn't really understand their capabilities, it, it costs you more money to place them and lose them and to retrain somebody else to come in than it would be just to get it right the first time. Got it. All right. Interesting. So you've codified what they need to know and how they can plug in a uh, training program and or cultural element to include the transition that the vet's going through. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Um, And one of them that really stuck out uh, really was about two years ago, a world's leading producer of tiles here had established a manufacturing facility. And they actually called and said, Eric, we, you know, we, we have a huge turnover rate amongst the veteran population. What can we do differently? And I was like, wow, you're the first company that actually sat down and actually thought about that for a second. And I said, well, let's let's start looking at how you're hiring and how you're what are you doing to recognize what did they used to do? And then how do we start using it? Maybe think that you guys might have placed the person in the wrong location in the building. And let's start trying to look at things a little differently. And and it was just it works tremendously when they lean that far in. They want to hire veterans, but they're also leaning that far in to say we want to hire the right veteran for the right job so that he stays versus quitting. Right. So it's a. It's a, it's a, it's another big, I think, benefit that I think um, I could help them do. Really great, really great. We'll give them access to how you can help uh, both the companies, but also how you might help individuals, whether they're vet veterans of the military or making a career transition. Um, but let me ask you two other questions before we give that up. Um, sure. Before we give that out. Uh, what is your favorite, um, who's your favorite artist? I'm a musician, you're down in Music City, you're the founder of uh, LinkedIn Music City. Um, Absolutely. Favorite band? So I, I, I don't have per se a favorite band, but I do have a favorite artist, right? And so it's kind of an anomaly. I'm in Nashville, Music City, country uh, music as a whole um, is kind of really popular here, but I was also raised on jazz music and classical music. And so for me, you know, one of my favorite artists is Brian Culbertson, which is a huge kind of a new age pop kind of jazz musician. Um, and I just kind of liked his music style. Um, but I really, I, I live in Nashville and I love, I love pretty much all music, but that's my favorite artist. Perfect. And do you have a cause that's near to the end to your heart that, that you'd like people to know about? You know, I am. So the, the cause that I, I really, you know, it's it's not just the veteran population. It's so cliche, right? Like I'm passionate about helping veterans. That's not really what I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm passionate about making sure that we don't leave anybody behind in the veteran population. And it's not just necessarily on the battlefield. It's, you know, when you do two decades or three decades of service, right? It's just making sure that they have a good understanding and, and a safe landing into corporate arena. And the goal is if they're successful, then they can be a good model and ambassador for us and get more veterans hired. And so I'm really passionate about that, not per se as like a DAV or VFW or American Legion, but I just wanna make sure every veteran has a clear understanding and a clear pathway to a company. And hopefully if they're in that C-suite, they can change culture from within and hire more veterans. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it's a long time ago, but my father served 
uh, with the Air Force. Uh, I think he tried to call me while we were on the conversation. I'm very excited <laughs> to share this with him. And uh, I thank you very, very much for your insights and uh, your generosity with time and spirit. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that. And, and uh, I'd be interested in hearing about how, how your father handled transition when he did his time and then got out. And what was it like then for him versus now? So oh, that was kind of easy in the military. One of his uh, final responsibilities was building barracks and construction management. And then oh, he wow. went into the world of construction management and then real estate finance. Wow. And all his years in real estate finance. Wow. So he had a good transition. But I remember when I was very little, we would be driving around and um, when there was road construction, there'd be a sign that says road construction ahead. And he'd say, what's that word there? And I'd say construction. And when I was just learning how to read and he was very excited to share with me a big word that represented what he was doing in his profession. Wow. Wow. Memory. So thanks for asking. All right, Eric, we'll be in touch. And, um, how do people reach you uh, if they want to get in touch? Yeah, so uh, it's it's easy. It's Eric at transitionhacker.org, uh, and that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. We'll put that in the uh, in the program notes. Absolutely. All right, fantastic. We'll be speaking again soon, I'm sure of it. Thanks again, Eric. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Career Transition Experts. If there's anything we can do to help you be the absolute best candidate for a job you love without the typical torture, our contact information is in the show notes. And we are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.